Hello, I'm your host, Mr. Chuck, a retired accountant turned truck driver. I reduced my debt in a relatively short period of time. Debt reduction to achieve financial freedom takes commitment, confidence, determination. Personal finance mistakes. Most problems start with mistakes. And personal finance not doing things is a mistake. Knowing what to do is the best way to avoid the debt cycle and major budgetary crisis. Staying informed with finances is the way to start. I have a link in my show notes to two articles. And if you're interested in reading them, you go ahead. I'm going to be referring to them. If you find this podcast useful and you would like to make contributions, I would appreciate it very much. You go to my show notes and link on my contribution link and you can make whatever amount you wish for as long as you wish. And I thank you for doing so. And it's the top 10 money mistakes people makes. And number one would be spending more than you earn which we all kind of know what that leads to leads to using more credit cards and then more debt and putting off financial planning until tomorrow. Again, not doing something is a mistake, not saving for emergencies, postponing retirement savings until later in life, putting things off. Same thing as not doing it. Taking a long time to pay off high interest debt, Always buying, now this is something you are doing, always buying a new car without considering a used car option and not monitoring your credit scores and credit reports, lacking an investment strategy, or if you do have one, you're not sticking to it, not having a will. So those are major mistakes. And not having insurance for your home, auto, health, disability, whatever, life insurance is another mistake. Not only do you have to focus on keeping your debt under control and make sure all your bills are paid on time, but you need to plan for the worst and hope for the best. That's where insurance comes in. With insurance, if something bad happens, it's going to help you with your finances. So you're not really too bad of shape. You're not as good as you could have been, but you're not devastated as you could be. And here's an example. I paid off my mortgage about two, three years ago. I could have canceled my homeowner's insurance. Why pay that $1,000 a year for homeowner's insurance. Well, because I know if something bad would happen and damage was done to my home, I would need the insurance to help cover the financial part of that damage. So what happened on July 23rd of this year, we had a hailstorm in my area. I had roofers come by and they checked my roof. I wasn't going to let them, but I did. And they said, there's significant hail and wind damage up here. You make an insurance claim. So if I did not have insurance, a new roof would cost me roughly $28,000. But with insurance, because I got the 1% clause in there, it's $3,500. 
3500 I can cover with my emergency fund. 28000 not so much. You see the point. Same thing with auto, same thing with your health, even short-term disability, long-term disability. There's all types of insurance to cover whatever you're worried about happening. I had short-term disability and I got sick. I was off work for seven months and it saved my butt. I was able to pay all my bills on time. I had the money to do it and there was less financial stress on me while I was recovering from my illness. So that is why not doing something is a financial mistake. We need to plan. Another mistake that I know most people, or at least a majority of the people might be doing, is they rely on their bank, online bank account. If they're going to buy something and they're not sure they have enough money, they go online, they check how much money is in their checking account. If they have enough money in their checking account, they buy whatever that was they're looking at. But they never consider what bills are going to be due coming up before the next payday. How much money do they need to cover those bills? They didn't think about that. There was only concern. Do I have enough money to buy what I want today? And they're not planning or looking ahead to see so they can pay their monthly bills on time every month. And they wonder why they have a poor credit rating. You got to check your credit scores and you got to check your credit reports in case somebody else is doing something. Maybe you paid something a little late. Maybe it was one day late and they... The whoever it was reported it to the credit bureau. Well, you could probably dispute that and say, yes, I was late. It was one day, you know, give me a break and they might remove it and they might not. And not buying enough insurance coverage, not having insurance is a big mistake. Not buying enough to cover what you're trying to cover. So if you have homeowner's insurance and it only covers the first 50000 and your house is worth 500000 You may be saving on the insurance, but it's not going to do you much good when you make a claim. And always buying a new car and always buying a new car within two or three years. There's two problems with that. The minute you drive a car off the lot, it's going to drop in value as much as 25%. If you need a new set of wheels, consider buying used. Buying used means the depreciation has already come out of the previous owner pocket, not yours. The loss in value is a car is far less than three to six years from the years one to year three. meaning you get more out of your money back when it's time to come to sell the car. Buy a car that's about two to three years old. It's already depreciated. You can keep it two to three years and sell it and get most of your money back. The reason buying a new car is back, and if you finance it for five years or even longer, you lose the value and you still owe the what you owe on it. And if you trade it in two years later, you're not gonna, you may not even get enough to pay off the loan. So because the value of the car has dropped, especially if we're going into some type of recession or 
something bad is happening. You might even get less for it so that you might have to roll over the unpaid portion of that car loan into the loan of the next car, making it more expensive. So you're losing on both ends. You're losing buying new, loss of depreciation, trade in, not getting enough back to pay off your loan. You lost twice on that deal. Buy a used car. I've bought used cars most of my life. Uh, most of my cars, maybe I've bought two, two new cars in the last 40 years. Unfortunately, the wife totaled the second new car I bought. And the first new car I bought was 30 years ago, long before I was married. And taken too long to pay off high interest debt. High interest debt is credit cards. If you have credit cards and you're carrying a balance on them, you're paying way too much interest. And if you keep using them, it's going up and up and up. Your minimum payment is probably just barely just paying the interest, maybe a couple dollars towards the principal. So you're not making any headway. Even if you're making that extra 50 or $100 a month payment on there, you're not making a whole lot of headway if you keep using that card. You got to quit using your credit and you got to focus on paying it down. And you do that by having an emergency fund so that if something bad would happen, you don't have to use your credit card. Postponing retirement savings till later in life. The earlier you start saving for retirement, the less money you have to put aside and the more money you're going to have in the long term because a little bit of money over a long period of time is going to grow into a significant sum of money. The longer you wait, the more you have to put in there to have enough for your retirement to live the lifestyle that you're used to. And they have examples in the article failing to save for emergency. And now 60% of Americans don't have enough money in their savings to account to pay for an unexpected $1,000, such as a sudden car repair, surprise medical bill, millions of people without a safety net. And even one accident could be devastating to the finances. I'm going to say it's 60% can't cover a $400 unforeseen expense. You need at least three to six months of your expenses set aside in your emergency fund to cover anything that might come up. If you've been following my podcast and if you've been doing my debt reduction plan, you know, I say a thousand dollars. So if you put a thousand dollars in there and maintain that, you're going to be better than 60% of the people who don't have that. So you'll be in the 40% of the people who have $1,000. So it's important. And then build it up even farther. Use the excess over $1,000 to pay off a debt and do two, three to 4000 at a time because you want to keep the money in your emergency fund as long as possible. Make sure that all your bills are being paid on time. Nothing unforeseen is coming up. No surprise bills are coming up in the near future. If you have all those things apply, then you can take that extra excess over $1,000 and apply it to a debt, preferably a credit card high interest debt.
and you'd be much better off. And number one, spending more, more than you earn. And how do you do it? Well, you do it by using your credit cards. You're spending more money than what your net take-home pay is on your paycheck. And you're doing it on a fairly consistent basis. Pay period after pay period, month in and month out. Those credit card balances are slowly keeping up. Maybe a year ago you were paying them off every month. And then maybe you was almost paying them off and it was just a little bit. And you thought, I'll catch up next month. And then that little bit grew in a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And now you're carrying a two or three thousand dollar balance every month on your credit card. Or maybe it's ten or fifteen thousand dollar balance because you had an unforeseen expense pop up that really jumped it up way far. You have a $20,000 credit limit, but at 19% interest, it's expensive. And you don't want to have that type of loan. You want a loan that's around 5% or less. It's similar to a mortgage. You need to get your spending under control. You have to identify you might have a spending problem or you at least need to identify what caused this problem. What started it? Was it an unforeseen expense? Was it an illness or a medical bill? Or did was there an accident? Or did you have a major appliance breakdown in your home, such as a furnace or your air conditioner? There's all kinds of things that could cause you to get into these problems. But again, if you had had an emergency fund, no matter how small it was, it would have helped you get through those problems. So if you have three months to six months, a significant amount of money in an emergency fund, and it doesn't have to be in a savings account. You can, once you get more than two or 3,000, you can set up a money market or a high yield savings and get a higher rate of interest. I'm getting five and a quarter percent interest that's added on every month and it's a money market account. So I'm doing, you know, okay, a lot more interest than what the, my local bank would be paying me. They would probably only be paying me about two or three dollars a quarter and I'm getting a hundred dollars a month. So significantly better. So if you have an emergency fund, that's three or four thousand is the minimum. Consider setting up either a high yield savings or some type of money market account where you can get a higher rate of interest and then it'll grow a little bit faster. Yes, there's taxes on that, but it's not going to kill you. Having that grow, having your money work for you is a lot better than working against you. The second article is basically the same thing, but they have uh, something different in here. Having never-ending payments. Ask yourself if you really need items that keep you keep paying every month. Ask yourself if you really need items that you keep paying every month, year after year. Things like cable TV, music service, or high-end gym membership can force you to pay unceasingly, but leave you owing nothing. When money is tight, you just want to save more. Creating a leaner lifestyle can go a long way to fattening your savings and cushioning yourself from financial hardship. 
I've been saying in the past, you should do away with cable TV if you're paying more than $100 a month and get some streaming service and limit it to two streaming services. And if you're one of those streaming services you're not using on very much, get rid of that. Look for a second one you might use a little more or don't add any more. Same thing with music service, same thing with antivirus service for your computer, same thing with gym memberships. If you're not using them on a regular basis or most of the year, cancel them. Save your money. Quit giving your money to somebody else. Keep it for yourself. And if you're living on borrowed money, you're using credit cards to pay for groceries, gasoline, you know, everyday living expenses, you're really in trouble. Get away with the never-ending payment items and reduce that credit card debt and get your life under control. Buying a new car and they say the reasons for it. Same thing as before. Spending too much on your house. When it comes to buying a house, bigger is not necessarily better. Unless you have a large family, choosing a 6,000 square foot home will only mean more expensive taxes, maintenance, and utilities. Do you really want to put such a significant long-term debt in your monthly payment? Do not buy more house than you can afford at the time you're buying the house you can only afford what you can afford don't think i'm going to get a pay raise two years from now or three years from now or even next year and i'll be able to make this comfortably so i can buy this little more expensive house because that's what i want if you cannot afford the payment today you cannot buy that house because it's just gone to be financial ruin not doing your homework and knowing how much you can afford and don't rely on the realtor to tell you how much you can afford because what do they know they know how much your monthly income is they know what your bills are maybe they know how much rent you're currently paying and they're gonna say well you can afford this house because it's only two hundred dollars more than the rent you're paying What they don't know is what other hidden expense you didn't tell them about. Maybe you have child support or alimony, back taxes or some other loan you didn't tell them about that will affect how much you can afford. And another mistake is using your home equity like a piggy bank. You do not do that. You only use it to either refinance and pay down high interest debt or to do some type of remodeling on the home where it's going to add value to the home. You don't use it to buy a car. You don't use it to pay for your groceries. You don't use it to pay for everyday living expenses or even to pay other debt down unless you're paying off some credit card debt. You don't use it to make the monthly debt payment or you're going to get yourself in trouble because a home equity loan is generally a variable rate. It means it just it goes up and down and now it's only going to be going up because the rates were so low. 
living paycheck to paycheck is what a lot of people fall into because you have too much debt, because you fail to plan. And one of those planning things you need to have is a check rester. If you don't keep a check rester, I call it tracking. If you don't track your income and your expenses, you're going to have no idea what's coming up, what may be due, how much money you have. If you just look online and see the balance in your bank and say, I got enough to pay for this. And you're not thinking rent's due next week and I don't get paid for two weeks. You're going to be in trouble. And if you're not making your rent, mortgage, car, and utility payments on time, it's going to hurt your credit rating. And it's a start. It's a sign that you are in financial trouble. I'll be back in one moment with my final thoughts. If you're interested in learning about an online software that helped myself get out of debt, it does tracking, budgeting, and keeps track of all your assets and all your debt. It even tells you how much and when to transfer money into your savings account and how much and when to transfer money to your debt and which debts to pay off in order first. It's not cheap. It's a one-time payment, but it will definitely be an investment, something in yourself, and an investment in your personal financial life. If you're interested, send me an email at reducedebtincreasewealth at gmail.com, and I'll send you the information about this online software that worked great for me. For those of you that are not doing anything on your personal finances and think you don't have to, good luck. If you're struggling to pay off debt, or if you're living paycheck to paycheck, or if you're not sure how you're going to pay for something, or you're paying your monthly bills late every month, you have a problem. You need to get your personal finances under control. And you start by doing something because the mistake you made is by not doing whatever it is. The first thing you got to do is start keeping a check register where you record your deposits and your withdrawals in there like you did. Do not rely on the bank. You can get yourself an app. You need a budget. Y-N-A-B is a very good app if you can afford it. If you can't afford it or don't want to afford it at this time, you can get another app where you can do a check roster and a roster for all your credit cards and your savings account. Countabout.com. It does everything you need it to do. Do not pay for any of the options. It will do everything you need and it has the categories already set up. Later on, you can adjust those categories to match your budget when you get to that point. But if you're not doing anything at all, that's a mistake. If you don't have any insurance on your auto, your home, your apartment, your health, that's a mistake not doing something can cause you greater harm on your finances than what 
actually paying the money out today is doing. So you have to start planning. You have to know how much money is coming in, how much money is going out. When is it due? When's your rent due? How much is it? When your utilities due? How much are they? When your car payments due? How much it is? What's your average grocery bill? What's your average auto fill up? All these things are important. When is your auto insurance due? When's your homeowner insurance due? Is it through an escrow or are you paying it separate? If you don't know what an escrow is, if you're paying your mortgage and it includes your real estate taxes and your homeowner's insurance, you're paying it through an escrow. You have to have a plan and you have to set goals. So if you have nothing at all, your goal should be is to start tracking my finances and start an emergency fund and build it up to $1,000. That's your two goals. If you've already started doing it, then you need to increase your emergency fund and you need a little more deeper in your tracking or maybe start set up a budget. So you have to get these things under control. And that's the start. If you do all these things, you're not going to have any surprises. If you're interested in learning more in detail about how to do these things, keep listening to this podcast. My next podcast, I'm going to go talk about tracking, doing a check register how to do it, what's it about, why you gonna do it, then creating a budget, how easy it is to do once you've been tracking, and then a debt reduction plan, what is it? You have to have a plan, you're gonna have more peace of mind, you're gonna be more comfortable with your finances, and there'll be no surprises, and you'll be glad you did so.